And I've seen some stuff uh, this week, kind of in our reading, that um, uh, the necessity and the power of uh, that, that we've been commissioned, that we've been given a mission. What, what is a mission? And, and you know, uh, you know, so, so many times you can associate that with uh, like a military mission, right? That, that, that um, and part of what makes our uh, our our military so great in the in the missions that they go on and. Some of these guys, I mean, the, like the, the special forces, I, I, I'm always in awe of what they can do. You know, they can go in, they can, they can hike clear across the mountains and, and, and then get there. But what makes them, what, what, what makes them uh, capable in that is <laughs> that they're not just going with pea shooters. You know, <laughs> they're, they're showing up equipped, that they're equipped for the mission that they're going to accomplish. Now... If, if, if they were only about the, the guns, it would, it, would, it would just kind of be meaningless. But they have a mission to accomplish, and so they've all, they, they already have everything they need, don't they? They have, they have the sat phones. They have all the communications. They have drones going in. They, they have satellites. They have everything they need. But, but without that mission, without that thing to go do, uh, it kind of makes all the other stuff meaningless. And, and I want to look at this because I, there's, I think there's an adjustment that we can make that will enable power in our life. Um, but it requires us being able to be focused on the right thing. You know, uh, um, Larry is so good at this, you know, and, and you think, what was that guy, um, what was that guy? I, I was saying cadaver. That's not his name. <laughs> not Larry. Huh? No, no. Remember that show where that guy could make something out of anything? MacGyver. See? It was close to cadaver. <laughs> He's going to make a cadaver here pretty soon. That's a bad mistake. All right. Everybody's awake anyway. It was all calculated, right? Yeah. I did that on purpose. Okay, but what would he do? Uh, <laughs> he could he could use whatever was 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 available to to accomplish a mission, right? And and he would he would take whatever was there to to make it happen. <laughs> and and uh, boy, I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I. I I waylaid myself. <laughs> yeah, on a mission, uh, you're able to use the things that are available. And <laughs> all right. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going there. We got to get through this. All right. So I, I just want to go through it real quickly, though, because. Uh, I saw something about Jesus that enabled him to have such indifference to amazing miracles that he would perform. Do you notice how he was, he was almost indifferent to it? And it's like, okay, I'll cast out a demon. Okay, I'll raise somebody from the... It's not like he was going through any kind of like pumping himself up or, you know. You know what I mean? It's like, it was just like, it was natural and, but but I saw something here because that's not why he came. It wasn't his purpose just to do miracles. 
His purpose was to come save the world. When you're coming to save the world, raising somebody from the dead is just no big deal. Can you see that? And and I think it's key to our faith is looking beyond what seems to be like a big deal, like it's the destination. It's not the destination. And until our focus gets on the right, uh, our purpose gets in the right place, things are too big to us. And I think it'll help us even even about how we're approaching God. That it was so powerful for Jesus. And let's just go. I've got a few examples here. I just want to go through. Quit laughing at me. She's going to say she's laughing in the Holy Ghost or something. But no, she's laughing at me. All right. All right. So I'm just going to go through some of these examples. And as we go through these examples, let's look at what Jesus um because he had one purpose, but these other things kind of lined up with that. And you can see that his focus was always beyond him. It was never about something that he needed. And you can say, well, that was Jesus. No, he's given us example. Because he had everything he needed from the Father, right? He, he, was, he was the guy on a mission that had the satellite phone, that had, had all the, the that fancy gun that you can just lock on and then when it gets on it shoots for you you know that or or shoot around the corner or whatever he had everything he needed and so he could keep his focus on his mission and and and, and God has done this for us well let me not get ahead of myself let me just give all these examples okay so mark uh, 138 but he said to them so what had happened he he had he had uh he had been healing people. He had been casting out demons. He had been doing all this kind of stuff. Amazing works, you know. And you think, wow, that's why Jesus came, to do all these things. And, and, but then he slipped away. They couldn't find him. And so he had slipped away to, to refuel, to get with his father, to get, to get refocused. You know, here, here's the thing. And when you're doing all these kinds of things, you can actually get focused on these things. And he said, I got to recede. I got to go get back with my father and get renewed of where my vision is. And I think this is really why we come together is to get a, a, a fresh perspective on why we're here. Okay? okay. So, so they finally find, up, find him and, and they said, man, we've been looking all over you for you, Jesus. And we finally found you. And what does he say? He says to them, let us go into the next town's What's he doing? He's given a mission, isn't he? So let's go into the, into the next towns that I may do what? That I may preach there also because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. He said, for this purpose I came. And you hear nothing about him. Okay. This next one, he came for the will. So John 6, 38, let me just read through this. For I have come down from heaven. What's he telling? He's telling you his mission, isn't he? Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He got this clear back when he's a little boy, didn't he? Remember, the, it's wonderful that they gave us a little story about how he, how he, he was left in, in Jerusalem, you know, at the temple, and, and, and they went back, and he said, I must be about a mission, my father's will. I must be about this, right? He, he says, uh, 
This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. This is his mission. People. God's put this in his heart. The father said, I'm sending you to redeem. That everybody that receives you is going to be, have eternal life. Right? So this is why I came. This is why he didn't get diverted by other things. I was thinking, you know, that was pretty handy for him, you know, when he might be tempted with something else. Because he says he's been tempted in every way that we were. But what, what kept him on track and kept him from be, uh, falling into temptation was his mission. He said, no, I can't do that. I'm busy. <laughs> Braden, all the time, is wanting me to watch something he's, he's showing me. And if I'm in the middle of something, I say, Brayden, I don't have time for that. I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> Satan comes to Jesus. What about this? He said, I don't have time for that. I'm on a mission. Man, this is powerful. If we can, we'll see why this is powerful for us. Okay. This is Jesus' example for us. Okay, let's look at another one here. So what did he do? He came to do the will of the Father, right? That's what his mission was. That's what he was set to do. This next one, John 10, 10. The thief comes, does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. And why did he come? To give life. Again, where is the focus? Somewhere else. He's come for somebody else. He's come for somebody else. Now, there's all the things that will be required for that to take place. He's going to have to lay down his life. There's going to be a whole bunch of people get healed. But they are like tools that cadaver is using to, that MacGyver is using. They're not, they're not what he came for. They're just what he's using. Amen? And so they're not a big deal then. It's not a big deal. As long as, as the work is a big deal, and it's not just a means to an end, it's going to be too big. Right? Okay. So let's look at this next one. He, he, he came as a light, John 12, 46. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. He is, this isn't just something that he's been told he's going to do. He's obsessed with this. It's what drives his every moment. Okay, I heard somebody talking about this recently and I'm, I'm just gonna put this in here real quick. That if, if you want to actually accomplish something, you're not going to do it until you become obsessed by it. If, if you want to, if, if there's something, and so you have to find out if it's important enough for you to obsess over. Because if it's just something that's an afterthought, if it's, if it's just something that's, that's on the other side of what you're really obsessed by, <laughs> you know, and this can, we can start making, this can be relationships, it can be jobs, it can be whatever is occupying what you're obsessed about, what you're thinking about, what you're talking about, right? 
And this is the passion of Jesus' heart. He said, I came to be a light so people don't have to be in darkness. Right? So he came for truth. Got a couple more here. John 18, 37. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause, that's his purpose, right? That's his mission. For this cause, I was born. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Isn't it interesting when he's, when he's given his purpose, when he's given his cause, he always talks about how somebody's going to be affected by that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always, it's, he's going to go through whatever it takes for somebody to be affected by his cause. Isn't that powerful? All right. Okay, and then Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served. Nothing was about him. Never. It was always about his mission. So important that he knew his mission, wasn't it? He said, I can tell you all about it. I'm going to be a light. I'm going to be, right? He's got a lot of stuff. He can, and he's driven by this, okay? Mark 10, 45. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for who? Many. His vision's always on people. His it's always to redeem. It's always to, de- to deliver, to bring out of darkness into light. Right? So he kept that before him completely. You know, I, I was thinking about this. Remember, when, when did Jesus weep? And uh, All right, everybody have their favorite verse, right? Jesus wept. <laughs> well, there was a couple times he actually wept. He wept at the, at the grave, right? He wept uh, of Lazarus. But he also wept before he's going into Jerusalem, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and he wept because he said they're like lost sheep. And, um, and it's like, that's, that's when he was moved. Uh, and, and, and his obsession was revealed. It had to be that. Now, everything else that had to take place in between that was just a side thing. And that's what empowered him to do it. Okay? So, mission fulfilling works. And that's what I'm going to talk about here. So it says, John 14, John 14 12. <clears throat> Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. So, I might have got this, this a little bit reversed here, but let's go on. Um, yeah, let me, let me do this next one first, and then we'll come back to that one. John 10, 37. Here's the significance of the works then, because a lot of times, um, and let's just put everything that we want from God in, in, in the works department, okay? We want him to work for you. How many want God to work for you? I know, I know I've worked at a church before. They say, all right, how many wants God to do something for you today? And it's like, well, that's, that's, that's all right. And, and it's good. He does. I mean, that's, but what is the purpose of the works of God in our life? And I think there, there needs to be an adjustment of what that is. 
Because <laughs> we all need God. We sang about it. Lord, I need you. I mean, you got to go there. You, 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 otherwise, we don't need God, you know? But if it's just God meeting a need, that's not a mission. That's just a selfish consumption. Is that right? <laughs> but Jesus gives a statement here about why he did all the works that he did, did on the earth. And it wasn't, that's not why he came. Why he came was to exalt who God is in him, who he was, and for people to have a heart change. Right? If I do not, if I, if I do, not do the works of my father, do not believe me. So he's connecting the works that he's doing directly with his mission. They're the tools. He's doing them. He said, if, if they can just see something they can't explain, they'll believe. But what's he always going for? He's always going for their heart, right? But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Now, we're going to see what, what happened in him, what we have in new creation and life in Christ. <laughs> It's a fulfillment of the works of God that we already have. But what is the purpose of the works? And this is kind of where I want to get with this. Do we need works in our life to believe in God anymore? Or are we there? Do we believe in God? How many, do we believe in God right now? Do we uh, do, do we? Believe that he saved us completely? That means he, all the things that could become our destination in him, he's already taken care of. Does that make sense? Okay. Who needs to believe? The unbelievers. Those who haven't come to know yet, right? So it, it puts the, the needs that we have from God in a different category now. I don't need God to do anything for me now. He's already done it for me. I'm a believer. Now, hang with me on this, okay? <laughs> There's a throne of grace where we draw from that we can go in the time of need. We have something that we need, but has it already been provided or are we gonna have to get Jesus to go to the cross again for us? You see what I'm saying? No, we're believers now. We just go there and stand on a promise. We're not having to get God to do anything to believe now. In fact, now the reason I'm going to receive of God's blessing in my life has a mission now, just like it did for Jesus. Can you see this? Now, me receiving the promise that I have, every, every promise in Christ is yes and amen, isn't it? That means now I can, I can stand on that. But if I am the destination of it, there's no mission in it. Can you see this? Yeah. <laughs> that God wants us to have that same mission attitude about why we're here. There's something a whole lot bigger than whether I'm going to make my car payment or not. 
People in this area are dying and going to hell. And if we can't even weep a, a little bit, you know? All right. So Matthew 28. So this, we saw that this was Jesus' commission, right? That this is why he came. And, and, he, and he said he, he, he could describe it very well. <laughs> he was obsessed with it. He cried over it. It was important to him. He cared about people. Yeah. Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore. Who's he talking to? Believe. He's talking to us, isn't he? Yeah. Now, are, are we excluded from this? I believe as soon as we take on new life, uh, it's like we've, we've joined the army, right? <laughs> what? Co we're co-missioned. Yeah, we're... Now his mission, it becomes our mission, right? Go, therefore, and do what? Make disciples of all the nations. Now, here's what. <laughs> what, is it, what does it mean to make a disciple? And, and I'll just touch this real quick, but how did Jesus do it? You know, those people that he was, he, he, he was feeding the, the thousands, he wasn't making disciples of them. He was just doing a work so they would believe. Who did he make disciples of? His disciples. The ones he lived with. The ones that got to know who God was because they were with him. Amen? Now, the wonderful thing is they got to know who God was because Jesus was the same as God. What's he telling us to do? To let the world know who God is because that's who we're with all the time. Does that make sense? That's a miracle. <laughs> right? That, that's something we can't do. Now we're going to see what happens to make this possible. But he, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. That, what, what he's saying there is, is you have a mission now. And he gave the example. We saw the way he was able to keep his mission was he stayed in contact with the one who sent him continually, didn't he? He snuck away. You saw that story, right? And he's saying, that's how you're gonna be able to stay on your mission too because I'm going to be with you all the time. Now, this kind of sounds like a cliche maybe, but it's not. It's a big deal. Because now, we're, our life isn't just our own now to choose whatever we want and say, God told me to do this. Yeah. Right? Now, no, no, no. Now, God's going to use everything else in our life, our job, our family, whatever else it is, but it's not the destination. It's not, it, God will use it, he will bless it, he will make it, but it's meant to be a demonstration of the works of God that will cause somebody to believe. That's our mission now, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that what we were told here, right? Yeah. Now, let's, let's look here in Acts 1.8. So the, this is where we've been reading lately, and this is kind of, kind of what I saw in, in some of this. is it, it, It's amazing 
Well, let me just read this. Acts 1.8. And who's talking here? This is Jesus talking, right? And this is before he goes up into heaven after he's raised from the grave. He said, but you shall receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. What's a witness? That's somebody that has a personal experience. Somebody that was there. Some, somebody that when they show up, it's a first-hand account, <laughs> right? And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. <clears throat> so this is impossible. It is impossible. Oh, oh I, th- I was thinking I was... I was quoting a movie, but that was when I was in Africa. We had this guy over there. <laughs> Bulu was his name. And we would, we, we, we would <laughs> I went down to the water park or the water service, whatever, like every day. Because, man, they wanted a bribe. And, they, and, and the missionary I was with, he would not, you know, pay, pay bribes and stuff. And I had to take Bulu along with me to, to uh, interpret and he's, he's a little guy with a great big voice. And, uh, and <laughs> all the time we'd go up there and I would say, all right, we need that permit right now. And, and he would talk to them and he'd turn around and say, it is impossible. <laughs> and I'd say, it's not what I want to hear. All things are possible. <laughs> all right, well, how did I get onto that? <laughs> it's not possible for us to do this, is it? In fact, pre- Acts 2, everybody's running away. They were still scared even after he was raised from the grave, right? They were hiding behind closed doors. He had to sneak up on them himself. <laughs> you know, he had, to, he, he had to do a Frodo or whatever, you know, get, get it, get sneak in on them, right? <laughs> but he said, so what is this power? This isn't just like uh, electricity. This is the ability to do what he told them to do, right? <laughs> and it comes by the Holy Spirit. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? And, and, and you know, I was thinking about this because I, I've grown up in a Pentecostal, you know, setting, and sometimes it's almost like, oh, the Holy Spirit, that's the destination. If you get the Holy Spirit, well, then you're... No, the Holy Spirit is just to make Jesus your constant companion yeah. right. so that you can be. He, he's just the tool. He's just... He's the guide. He's the one that enables the mission. Right? right? That's it. <laughs> okay. Are you good with me? Yes. All right. So here, here, here's what Jesus had to say about the other things in our life and how we should consider them. And, and I'm thinking about this with regard to, to our relationship with God because sometimes, so much of the time, what are we obsessing about? Maybe it's not that big of a deal. And I know, I know there are mountains to us, right? there. But, but that's why Jesus said, if you, and we talked about this on Sunday, if, if you can just take care of the seed of faith and you can just allow it to be nurtured, that thing that's such a big mountain, you'll just talk to it and it'll go. Why? Because your mission isn't the mountain. Your mission is so much greater than the mountain. Amen? Right. Our, our mission 
in everything that we have, our life has to do with is to glorify God. Amen? And for somebody to see a life that looks like Jesus, because it's not encumbered by those things. And so Jesus, remember he's sending out the, I think, what was it, 72 of them or whatever it was? And, <clears throat> and, he, and he, um, he's telling them how to conduct themselves. And he said, you're not to worry about yourself at all. You're not to consider yourself. Okay. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought. How many thoughts? That means there's no obsession. There's no concern. There's no, there's no care. You're, you're casting all your care. Why? And what are those cares? Those things, they can be things, and I just want to, I, I, I want to say, they can be things that we think are our destination with God. Can you see this? We can say, I'm just, and, and just bear with me, we can say, well, right now, I'm just believing God for this, and, and, and that's okay. We can, but, but Why? There should be a mission that's bigger than just something he's already provided for. Can you see that? Because as long as that is our destination in God, we, we can't have faith for it. Because we think it's not ours yet. Faith says I, he's already taken care of it. And so I was thinking about that. You know, if you send somebody on a mission, you make sure they have everything they need so they can get the mission done. Right? In the military. That's why they have everything. They said, oh, man, I didn't get my toothpaste. No, it was in your thing. We made sure you had that toothpaste, right? <laughs> and that's what Jesus came to do. He came to provide all of our needs according to his riches so we don't have to worry about those things he's already taken care of. He came to heal all of our diseases so that we can get the mission done. Amen? That makes sense? So he said, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body. But what you, what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. He said, there's something much bigger than just this. Yeah. Man, I think this is one of the biggest things the Holy Spirit, oh, let me, let me get, get to it. All right, Colossians 2, 9. So we're already complete. And this is the thing. I, I, I thought about this. Remember what, what Jesus said? Hey, we're going to go across the sea, right? It was in the nighttime. He says, we're going to go across the sea. The mission is we're going across the sea. Am I being too demonstrative? I'm, I'm being, okay. Uh, we're, we're going across the sea. And what happens? The storm comes up. Well, Jesus, the mission is going across the sea. Might as well sleep. Because doesn't matter what the storm is, right? And what does he have? He gets woke up from his wonderful storm dream. And, and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're dying? And he said, what? We have a mission. Dying isn't part of the picture. Right? right? <laughs> but what did he say once he did that? He said, where is your faith? We have a mission and you're letting a storm be something that's too big for your faith? Can we be challenged to this? Right? No, you just talk to things that are already taken care of. 
You don't obsess over them. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right. Colossians 2.9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means everything that we could need, it's already in Christ, right? And you are what? Complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Do I need to believe God for something else that I'm already complete in? No, that's, that's, that's almost like an oxymoron. Does that make sense? <laughs> now, this is not to discourage at all. This is to enable. But if we can get our focus on a mission that's bigger than something we're going through, and we can understand that God said we're going through it. He said, in the world you'll have tribulations, but be of what? So what am I supposed to be doing in the middle of this? Being happy, right? Because that's what faith looks like. Not downcast, right? Why? Because he's already taken care of that. I'm already complete. Why would I debate that? But God, look at this. No, he's, what do you mean? Right? All right, I think I had some other examples, but we got to get through this. Okay. So what are we supposed to pray for then? And, and um, because there's different, there's different types of focus. But again, what was Jesus saying to, to, to pray for? And, and let's just look at Ephesians here, first of all. Because it's interesting that, that Paul isn't asking that any of their needs be met. Their needs are already met. He's praying for revelation. And this is what we need. And this is what the Holy Spirit has come to give us, is revelation of who we already are, what we already have, and then what our mission is with that. Why am I complete in Christ? So that I can just go and have a wonderful life and just enjoy whatever I want to have? No, so that I can be Jesus to the world. Jesus to the world is not somebody that's defeated and overcome, is it? Now, he's so precious, he's gracious, it's not, there's no condemnation, but is that a witness? Okay. All right. Say you love me. All right. All right. And you can, or you can uh, repent later. Okay. Therefore, I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. So what is he hearing of? He's hearing that they have faith in Christ. And he says, oh, that means this is what you have on the inside. Now, all you need is revelation of what that is. Right? right. You don't need something else now. You just need revelation of what you have. So uh, he said, now, my prayers are not that you'll, you'll have anything provided for you. That would be redundant. Does that make sense? Because you already, I heard you have faith, so that means you already have everything. Now you just need revelation of what that is, right? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you what? Not all the stuff, not all the works, but a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glories of inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. <laughs> it's like that he says us. This is, this is what we all have. If somebody's not experiencing that, it's no condemnation, but there's a reason to pray. 
Is the, is the prayer going to be that they'll have the thing that they're asking for or that they'll get revelation that it's already theirs? Is that, is that what this is saying? Right? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? That sounds like what, what Jesus said we would have when the Holy Spirit came, right? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power. We do not have to be impressed at all by what the enemy's doing. We are so far above that. (laughs) And dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that age, uh, but in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church Now, if it's under his feet and we're his body, where is it to us? (laughs) Right? Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay, I just have a a couple. Can we can we hang here just a little bit because there's some really good stuff. So what are we for? What are we supposed to pray for? And this is what Paul's prayer is for revelation, right? So that we can know that this this is our mission. This is what we already have. And what was Jesus' prayer? His prayer for the harvest, right? We can pray for that. That's something we need to acquire. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. What are we right here, right now? We're we're those who have faith, but we need to be workers. What are workers? Somebody with a mission. (laughs) that is not impressed by what it's taken to get that mission accomplished. That takes care of the things that would get in the way with a word of faith. Amen? So, all right. Uh, so, so this is Acts 2. And this, remember what happened in Acts 2. They, they were so impressed. This was a, this was a work. This was a, a power demonstration People's talking to them in a language that, that they didn't, they shouldn't know, and they're hearing this. And so it's a great impression upon them. But it's interesting to me that, that, that Peter didn't get caught up in the accolades. He didn't get caught up in the glory of the moment. He went right to the purpose of the moment, which was to preach the gospel, which was not a nice gospel to those who had killed Jesus. It was confrontational. What a party pooper. You know what I mean? It's like, man, all this stuff, everybody's rejoicing. Wow, this is a big deal. Said, oh, by the way, you guys are responsible for killing the son of God. Man, he did it really well. He went back and talked from David, you know, and how David talked from the point, from the perspective of Jesus that his soul would not be left in Hades and that he would, he would not see corruption. And, and, and he talked right to their hearts. So much so. What I sounds really cool here is his mission didn't get sidestepped by the demonstration. The mission was always intent. People have to be brought out of darkness into light. Amen? And when he spoke those things, I mean, I'll let you read that, but he he says, it it gripped their hearts so much so. 5,000 of them. Acts 4.4. How were many of these who heard the word? So what happened in in Acts 4? They got put in prison, right? 
<laughs> or not, I, yeah, I think they were in prison for a little while, but, but the crowd were so impressed by this miracle that they did for the lame man, right? And Peter's preaching again, and 5,000 people, mission accomplished. Not mission impossible. <laughs> mission accomplished, right? Peter's, why? Because Peter kept his heart in the right place. There wasn't something else on the way that became the destination. The destination was always the mission of the heart of God. Amen? All right, can you do this a little bit more? Acts 4.13, and this is this one we prayed today about too, but um, what was wonderful about this, and there was evidence, there was, there was, <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> there was, was a transformation that the Holy Spirit came in the power that, that Jesus said was going to, they were going to receive that was going to enable them. That power was going to transform who they were. It wasn't just going to be works that they would do. It would transform who they were. It transformed them from deniers that would run away to ones that would stand up in the face of the very same ones that would later crucify them and tell them what's what, right? What else did it do? It empowered them to speak like an educated person, which they weren't, to speak with authority. You know, this is something I think we need to take on, and, and I'm doing it right now before you. <laughs> Amen? As I, as, is to stand up and start speaking before you feel like you have anything to say. Right? There's a scripture that says that. Yeah, open your mouth. I'll fill it. And don't be concerned about what you're going to say. I'll, I'll tell you what to say. And it will sound like you're smart. That's part of the power. Amen? There's another scripture that says, and, and they will not be able to, to debate you. You will... You will defeat them with words. Isn't that amazing? And then something else I noticed in this fourth chapter is they, they lost all concern about the little things that they might have been concerned about before and started just pulling it all together. Yeah. Right? They started giving things to other people. Yeah. Wow, that's a miracle. Yes. <laughs> and actually looking like they loved each other. And, and what that looked like to the world was Jesus. Yeah. Same things observed in Jesus. Well, first of all, there was a work. There was a demonstration of a miracle that could not be explained. Amen? And, and when Peter showed up with that lame man, he said, I don't have gold, but man, wait till you see what I have. What I have is not the end, but you're going to be impressed with it so much that you're going to go to the end. Does that make sense? You're going to be so impressed. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just claiming to be. He was filled with the Spirit. And now, this man got to be part of his mission for himself, but then 5,000 men by observing that 
God wants us to be that. Okay. Yeah. And this, this passage I, I think is amazing. Now when they saw, who's they? That's people that don't believe, right? When they saw the boldness of Peter. What is that? The, that's the power of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Right? And perceived. Wow, they were brilliant people. That they, that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. God wants to do some marveling. Amen? He's not going to be able to, he's, he's liberated to do his marveling when we are liberated from destinations that we think are him. And, and, and we're kept from the mission that is the same as Christ. Amen? And they marveled, and what did they realize that they had been with Jesus. Now, sometimes you can think, well, that was just the disciples from the three years they'd been with Jesus. No, no, that was the disciples because the, three, the disciples from the three years were a bunch of panty wastes, right? A bunch of runaways, you know? <laughs> no, what was their experience with Jesus? It was the Holy Spirit. Amen? That ability that the world must see Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. That was a reference to the cross, but I believe it was us too. If I be lifted up, how's that going to take place? When our mission gets way beyond us. And we start talking about what we're about and it has nothing to do with us. Amen? In fact, I think, I think there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's levels of maturity that will be determined, that will be revealed by our conversation and by the revelation. Oh, do I need, is that my cue? Next I turn the mic off. Turn the mic off. My battery might die. I've been going so long. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, this is good, amen? Yeah. Let's, let's take this to heart and, and let's say, God, let, let Paul's prayer be fulfilled in me. Bring wisdom, a spirit of wisdom. Can we, just, can we just receive that and say, God, help me to know so, how, how far above anything that I think I might need to be getting from God, I already am, yeah. amen? Yeah. And how... That, that, that God's wanting, Jesus is wanting to be lifted up in me as I'm victorious over those things with the mission of showing Jesus to the world. Amen.